Hello, my name is Andrew and this is my wife Daisy. Hello. Welcome to the Transform podcast where we tackle difficult questions uh, related to the Christian faith. Uh, we're grateful for your uh, support. Uh, our first podcast generated over 100 listeners and so we're grateful that you're interested in this and if you are blessed by anything that you hear here, uh, we want to invite you to subscribe or follow on your podcast app and share it with anyone you believe could benefit uh, from this. So fifth question, which is very similar to the previous question about poor single mothers. Is you ready? This is a, this is a social media meme that has been circulating and it goes like this. If pro-life people really cared about babies, then why don't they advocate for publicly funded maternal care, publicly funded medical costs, for women giving birth, publicly funded lactation consultants, publicly funded diapers, publicly funded formula, publicly funded childcare, and publicly funded preschool. So I guess the first thing I would just say is, you know, again, Maybe I'll just let you start with the soft side. Go, compassion, go soft days. Well, one thing that came to mind is that's a, that's a lot of things to advocate for. Um, you know, pro, people who are advocating for the pro-life movement, they are focused on, um, on giving the people the opportunity to not have to have an abortion, but that's a lot to put on one movement. And I would say there's a, there's a lot of us that could advocate for all of these things. Why does it just have to be the pro-life movement that's responsible for all of this too? I mean, is, isn't all of this something that most people that we know would agree would be helpful? So why is it put on the pro-life movement? Can we all join in and say, hey, how can we make a society that's better for pregnant women? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great point. And I think what we want to state too is right up front, Daisy, are we for all these things? The, yeah. We're for all these things. So I think that, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, you're for all of these things happening. You're, you're for maternal care. You're for lactation consultants. You're for diapers. You know, you're for all of these things that are going to be provided. Um, however, I think what we're trying to shift the question again is how do we become more pro-family? How do we become more pro-education? Because again, this question assumes we're going to continue to have a lot of unwanted pregnancies. Society, how are you going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. It's back to that. And we also have to look at this question in the eye and say, this is billions of dollars here. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of reminds me of my, my friend who's like, we need to have world health care. You know, and so it's like, how are we going to have world health care where health care is available to every citizen in every nation? And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, this is all good. We want world health care. We want that. But how do you get there? How do we talk about practical ways to get there, practical ways to actually provide the funding for this? But again, we're shifting back away from, hey, let's keep having babies and expecting society to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Two, we want to shift to how do we become more pro-family mm -hmm. and educate more on the best way for a child to be born is with a, husband, with a father and a mother. And again, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot that, that will need to continue to be figured out. But 
Um, I think, you know, this reminds me of slavery. Back when we had mm. slavery, the South argued we can't abolish slavery because it will destroy our economy. You know, we're talking about billions of dollars back then comparatively yeah. to what outlawing slavery would do for their economy. And none of us looking back would say, well, our primary focus should have been the money. Like mm. we, we had to make the decision that was morally correct, which right. was abolishing slavery because it wasn't um, valuing the people that God created and him, his image. And so I think today we have to do the same thing. We have to do what's right, which is valuing the life that God has created, no matter what the cost. That's a very interesting example, because at that time, there's financial concerns if we do this. If we become a pro-life nation, there, and by the way, we haven't become a pro-life nation, all that, this, uh, all that Roe versus Wade overturned is just saying that the, the federal government has no right to make abortions legal or illegal, but the, the decision should be with each state. Mm -hmm. So that's all that this has done. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, what you've stated is there's financial concerns here, but how do we do what is morally right and creates more personal responsibility? Because obviously you can become enslaved to, hey, I gotta keep having sex outside of marriage with another man to feel valued and I'm going to get pregnant again and then here I am again in society how are you going to pay for it but I think what we're saying is how do we go more towards pro-family and personal responsibility for our sexual ethic mm -hmm. and I think that changes the conversation a lot mm -hmm. all right so Daisy here's the sixth question that we get as well and it is this isn't the United States of America, with this recent legislation, more conservative now than most nations around the world? Yeah, that's a fascinating issue. And I um, did some digging. This is hard information to find. Um, it really wants to be covered up by m most of the major news outlets. They don't mm. want to. They don't want to talk about this. But um, the United States is actually. Um, previous to um, this lobbying under, overturned is um, we were much more liberal than most of the country, most of the world. Um, a few quotes that I printed out, and these have been fact-checked by Washington Post, by PolitiFact, and it's um, based on a 2018 Mississippi law. But no European nation allows elective abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, as is effectively permitted in several U.S. states. And America is one of only a small handful of nations, along with China and North Korea, to permit any sort of late-term elective abortion. Wow. 75% um, of all nations do not permit abortion after 12 weeks gestation, except in most cases to save the life and to preserve the physical health of the mother. So um, reading that was just really eye-opening to okay. me that um, we were kind of on another level compared to Europe and okay. a lot of countries in the West world. All right. So it's simply not true. It's not true. Okay. Did your homework. Thank yeah. you for educating us, Daisy. All right. And here's the, the last one. And I think we, we have to, before you just write off this question, we need to consider it. All right. So it might come off as crazy at first, but we need to just listen. 
and it's this. Um, isn't this recent legislation a result of white supremacy because the majority of abortions occur in minority communities? How would you answer that? I mean, I would say the opposite is true hmm. in that I think abortion, um, I'd have to do more research on this, but I'm pretty sure the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was racist. And she used she abortion as a means to deal with black communities, a way mm -hmm. to decimate black communities, and that was the goal. Um, I'm not saying that that's what Planned Parenthood is today. I don't know, but I know that that's what, what was happening in the beginning. And um, I don't know what the percentages are, but I know that the, the majority of abortions that happen in this country are abortions in the black community. And I, I would say that's not helping the black community thrive. Mm -hmm. Great answer. And here's what I'd say. So I'm going to maybe get a little... Uh, passionate about this one. Um, I grew up in Lake City, Seattle. I went to public schools the whole way. I had black friends the whole way. I was very blessed by integration of black communities and I am Lebanese American so I was blessed with that diversity growing up and getting to know my black friends and getting to know my black communities that I was um, interacting with is I would say that this most recent legislation is the most pro-black mm -hmm. because it's encouraging black men. And, and there is an elephant in the room here. A lot of abortions do occur in black communities, mm -hmm. so we do have to face that one. Mm -hmm. But I would say that this is pro-black because it's encouraging black men to value black women. Mm. to stop treating them like pieces of me, impregnating them, uh, and being a player, and then leaving, okay? But rather, how do we encourage being pro-family in black communities? How do we do that? And a little soapbox for me is whenever our culture, whether black or white or Asian or whatever, is encouraging the, the devaluing of women culturally, that is when, that's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. The more we elevate women, the more we're going to elevate marriage and committing to women, and the more we're going to uh, elevate being pro-family and taking care of your children. Um, and that personal responsibility is the healing for my black uh, communities and my black friends. Um, but unfortunately, it's like this cycle of unwanted pregnancy after unwanted pregnancy. And I would say, unfortunately, it became trendy to, have, to be pregnant and to have a baby, you know, um, and, or, or to, to get pregnant. I, I guess I would say, how do we encourage in our black communities, not trendy, mm -hmm. but what's going what's gonna to create a legacy? Um, so if you have been blessed by this podcast, we want to encourage you to subscribe or follow on your podcast app and share it with anyone that you think would be blessed uh, by this. Um, and then also, if you have a question that you would like to submit to us, you can email us at hello at sjdenver.org. We're grateful for you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.